Well, we're continuing in our series on Colossians 3, 1 to 17. We're up to verse 8, so we'll just jump right into it. Um, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ uh, appears, you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, uh, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. And you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. We're working on that last part. So last week we covered uh, the sexual immorality and that was all, you know, a little uncomfortable, uh, lust, and we didn't make a lot of eye contact, and, you know, while we were talking about all of that, and now we're um, moving on to something much easier, anger, uh, so be ready, uh, and, um, and, and I thought of um, Frozen. We all know the what's, the, what's the line that is the most familiar line from the favorite song of Frozen? Let it go, let it go, let it go. Well, it turns out that's a good summary of the sermon today. Uh, let it go. And our first point is uh, break the anger cycle. So there's this cycle, and it's a downward spiral, worse and worse. Colossians 3.8 says, But now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. So um, it's a progression Last week, uh, we read Paul's progression uh, in the other list, uh, but normally a progression, we start at one end and we moved, uh, and it gets worse and worse and worse. Last week, uh, we were looking at the text that it started at the end, the worst, sexual immorality, and then it backed up to idolatry, which was an interesting place to begin a list that would end there. Uh, here we have another progression, but it starts at the beginning with anger, and it moves through worse and worse, anger, rage, malice, slander, uh, filthy language from your lips. And so uh, we're going to take a look at that progression. So let me just put them up here, and we'll walk through it. Uh, so anger, burst of strong negative emotion, we get that. But if you hold on to that, it becomes rage, anger that lingers, And if you hold on to rage, you begin to develop malice, which is rage that includes a a desire to see someone hurt. And then we have an example of that, slander, which is malice acted out. And if you continue a lifestyle like that, it moves to having that slander, having that negativity become part of your uh, vocabulary, filthy language from your lips, hurtful words uh, that are part of our vocabulary. And we all know People who, you know, every other word is a cuss word or, uh, you know, you can't get through a paragraph or a conversation without them putting somebody down or criticizing or saying something negative. Um, Maybe that's us sometimes as well. And so this is a progression from anger to rage and all the way through until it becomes a lifestyle. And uh, Paul, who wrote Colossians, also wrote a book to the Christians in the city of Ephesus, And in that book, uh, he writes, if you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge, uh, and don't let the sun go down with you still angry. Get over it quickly. 
Uh, in other words, stop the progression right at the beginning. He's saying to those Christians the same things he says to the Colossians. Stop, stop right there with anger. Um, and let me say that there are different kinds of anger. So uh, sometimes anger is just anger. Uh, and, and we should understand that. We all get angry. Uh, it, hit your thumb with a hammer, angry. Uh, hit the nail with a hammer, not angry, right? It just, it flares up. It, it just happens. So um, maybe we trip over a, a cracked sidewalk or someone uh, cuts us off on the freeway or we late at night, we step on a Lego in the middle of the floor Anger is the appropriate response to those kinds of things. They, they, it just happens. Boom. Angry. Um, and we've all probably said some version of, listen, I, I, I'm a little hot right now. Just give me a couple minutes. I'll calm down. Everything will be fine. And, and, that's, and, and that's us knowing ourselves. Something triggered it, and it, just give me a minute. I'll, I'll be better. Um, and... Uh, this is that kind of anger that, that uh, says, be angry, but don't nurse a grudge. Don't let the sun go down on this kind of anger. Um, that verse in Ephesians uh, uses a Greek word for anger that means that immediate, that flash of anger. Uh, and, and he says, we all get it, but don't let it become a grudge. Don't nurse it. You know, don't, don't let the sun go down on it. Now, we say don't let the sun go down on your anger. That doesn't mean that if you get angry at dusk, you know, hurry up. <laughs> right? It means don't let it linger. Don't let it hang out, you know, go for too long. This is the kind of anger that we can talk to our kids about. And we tell our kids. Our kids get angry. We don't give them something or something happens. And we say, I know you're angry. Uh, that's okay, just don't act out, don't, don't put your fist through the wall, don't, you know, it's not okay to hit mommy or daddy, it's, you know, so these are the things that we're, we're teaching them, we, hey, you know what, we can get angry. Um, now, that is not the word, translated anger, in Colossians. The word in Colossians is a different word, and it's translated in different places as wrath or vengeance. It has this connotation, this sense of something longer, something more lasting. And, and uh, Paul says to us, uh, you must rid yourself of this kind of anger. And James uh, uses this same word when he says, James wrote a, uh, one of the books of the Bible. He was a follower of Jesus. It's towards the end of the New Testament. And he says, be slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now, the anger that we've just been talking about, you can't be slow. You know, you hit your thumb, you're angry. That's it. It's like, boom, flash. That's, that's, that kind of defines that kind of anger. You wouldn't say, build up to that slowly. So what he's talking about is this Colossians kind of anger. This anger that maybe builds, we work up to it. Uh, and so why? What, what is it about this other kind of anger um, so I'll give you an example. Uh, we, we said, maybe we get cut off on the freeway. We've all had that happen to us. And 
for me, for most of it, we, we would go, you know, idiot or something. You could kill somebody, uh, that kind of stuff. But now imagine you're driving along and a couple cars up ahead of you, and one cuts the other one off, and the one that got cut off pulls to the other lane, races forward, and then cuts in in front of the first guy, the guy that cut him off, and you know, flips him off, and uh, you know, and all of that. God forbid the second guy do that, right? And now suddenly we're in big trouble. But wouldn't you say, I'm not sure that action of being cut off is that your response is appropriate. You've, you have drugged this out. You, had, you didn't just snap. You've now been pretty intentional about your response to it. What's it doing? It's moving from anger to rage to I gotta, I'm going to cut this guy off to cutting him off. It's this process. Here it is. That's the kind of anger that we're talking about. If Paul were describing two chariots and one cuts the other off, he, he would say, you must rid yourself of that kind of wrathful, vengeful anger. Um, and so uh, we need to understand our motivation. Why does that happen? Why, what's that second kind of anger? And so our second point is we need to identify the cause of our anger. Uh, of the second kind of anger. Um, and I'm going to tell us that I think it relates to our past. That there, there's a reason baggage is called baggage, right? It's because we packed it early and we continue to carry it with us. Now, I'm going to let, let you off, uh, sigh of relief. I'm not going to talk about therapy and, you know, we all, father issues. Uh, I mean, we could talk about that. I've, I've got plenty to share, but, you know, that, that's not where I'm going. I, I'm not a marriage and family counselor. Uh, I've been to them, but I'm not one. Um, but I think it has to do with some of that stuff, that baggage that we carry. So I'm going to stick with something that, uh, that really made a profound difference for me when I learned it, and uh, science talking about three parts to our brain. So Take a look, there are three parts to our brain, they say. Um, and they call them the reptilian, the paleomammalian, and the neomammalian. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, and I just write up these big words. Uh, I'm, not, I, I'm not a poser. I don't, I don't know all this stuff, but I, I have read it. Uh, and the reptilian brain uh, handles basic drives, like hunger, as well as habits and procedural memory, like putting your keys in the same place every day without thinking about it or or, or riding a bike. What do we say? Uh, we say, well, it's like riding a bike. What does that mean? It means you can just do it. Once you learn it, you can do it. You never, you never forget. That's this primitive part of our brain. And this part of our brain is the most basic level. Everything we experience goes through this part first. And this part of the brain is designed to keep us alive. That's the most basic. And so anything that comes at us or that we experience, the first part of our brain asks the question, the two questions, can I eat it or can it eat me? That, that's how, that's, it's, we're ba I'm telling you, we're very basic at this point. Um, and so, for instance, a bear, you, you're on a walk and a bear, or in this area, a mountain lion, you know, jumps up out of the bush and comes chasing at you. This is the part of the brain that's going to save your life because this part of the brain sees it and goes, that can eat me, 
right? And so uh, it immediately tells your legs, start running. And it tells your legs to start running long before it tells your mouth to start screaming, right? So um, it's, it's, this keeps us alive, this kind of thing. But here's what's not, this part of your brain does not do. And we'll get to it in just a minute with the other two parts. This part of your brain does not go, hmm, I wonder what that big, large, black animal reminds me of. Have I ever seen anything like this? Do I have anything to compare it to? No, it doesn't do that. Uh, and it also doesn't think about it reflectively. It doesn't go, oh, the grandeur of God's creation. Doesn't do that. Those are other parts of our brain. So we get to the second part, and that is the paleomammalian brain, all of these different parts of it, uh, and it is the center of our motivation, our emotions and memory, including sight, smell, and sounds connected to memories. We all know this. We all have things that, you know, you, you have a smell or you see a sight and you, re oh, it remembers, it reminds you of something. So instead of a bear, imagine that uh, out walks a, a, a lovely woman in an apron and she has a plate and on the plate is a tin pan and in the tin pan is some, you see the crust and it's, uh, you know, steam is rising and you can smell apple pie. And suddenly, well, number one, the basic part of your brain, let that image through. It's, it's, it's moved up to the second level because it's asked the question, can it eat me? No. Can I eat it? Maybe. <laughs> Let's have you think about this a little bit. So it moves up to the next level, and, and um, we smell it, and we go, oh, boy, that reminds me. That, oh, the, the, my grandma used to make pies. I, I had such a great time. She'd let me, you know, whatever, right, right? That's that kind of thing. Or maybe we just remember when Northridge used to have a Marie Callender's. It was so nice to, <laughs> to do that, right? Um, but whatever that, whatever that memory is, there's that positive, pleasant memory. That's this part of our brain, uh, is this paleomammalian. But now you can also imagine that that part of our brain remembers negative things. And uh, there are certain things that trigger negative reactions as well. But then we move up to the neomammalian brain that enables language and abstract reasoning and planning. Um, so this is the reasoning part. So now uh, imagine we see the lady, she's in her apron, she's got the pie, and oh, that smells so good, I would love to have some. The next part of our brain kicks in and we go, you know, I know this weekend Aunt Susie is planning a big party and she goes to a lot of trouble and she always bakes lots of things and there's always so much food. I think I'm going to pass on the apple pie and I'm just going to wait for the weekend because I know it's going to be a big thing. That's reasoning. That's that higher level. Uh, and uh, we, are, we are able to delay gratification because of that part of it. So now that we see how these three work, I want to put your uh, three parts of your brain together. So take a look at this. All right. What do you think? Oh, right. It's like, oh, I'm hungry. Uh, and then it, uh, and then you know, it's got oh my gosh, it's pancakes and whipped cream and uh, and then maple syrup. And then you go oh no, it's Denny's, so it's not maple syrup, but you know, uh, right? You know, you you begin. You know, that's that upper level. It's reasoning. Um, 
But it's like, oh, and the, and the reptilian brain asks, uh, uh, can it eat me? Will it kill me? No. Uh, or, or, and can I eat it? Yes. In this case, both, right? Uh, uh, will it kill me? Probably, but I'm eating it anyway. Um, the paleo mammalian brain uh, says, what does this make me feel? And, and some of us, it's, oh, I... I I feel strong. I, this is, I remember the, the days when I could eat anything I wanted as much as I wanted, and, right? And it just reminds you of that. Or maybe it's that old road trip where you had to stop at Denny's. And, so, you know, it's a, it could be positive, could be negative. Um, and nothing against Denny's. There's nobody here. No. Okay. Uh, the neo-mammalian brain asks, what's the connection between this and my emotions and my experience? So we look at this and we go, oh. And, we, and then part of us goes, why do I, why every time I see pancakes, do I, do I get anxious? Or, you know, do I, do I roll my eyes? Or, you know, that's that part of our brain that starts, that starts thinking about that. So, what happens is we have conscious and unconscious memories and responses, okay? So, let's take a look at a graph. If, if we were to graph it, it would look something like this. How I remember my life. I look back at my life, oh, it's pretty good. Yeah, you know, kind of smooth sailing, and everything kind of levels out, right? I don't pay a lot of attention to it, but my pre-mammalian brain remembers exactly what happened, and it says, the, the, the studies show that that part of our brain has no time in it. It's as if it happened yesterday, and so what it's doing, but here's, it remembers things with, with Mr. Magoo glasses. So remember Mr. Magoo, he, he couldn't see very, I know, most, you know some of us, you know. But anyway, he's this, he was this cartoon character who uh, couldn't see well. Uh, and, and he had these big, thick glasses, and he couldn't recognize what things were. So he'd walk up to a fire hydrant and talk to it, you know, or a telephone pole. He's always misunderstanding things. That's your, this is your Mr. Magoo brain. And it sees something, and it looks kind of like Aunt Susie. I didn't really like Aunt Susie. I didn't like her perfume, and her house always smelled dusty. So, and, we, and so then we get, an, we get ugh, ugh, creepy feeling. It's because that's this part of our brain. And somewhere back there, we had something happen. We experienced something. So what does this have to do with anger, and what are we supposed to do about it? Let me give us a specific example. So anger can be a reaction to, of the paleomammalian brain to fear, sadness, and hurt in the past. So fear, sadness, and hurt from the past can cause us anger today. It comes out of this pre-mammalian brain, paleomammalian brain. And I give you the picture of a bride because this is a story right out of my life. I have done a lot of weddings, you can imagine, um, and I have only ever been late to one. Now, when I say I'm on time to a wedding, I mean 45 minutes early. When I say late to a wedding, I mean I'm almost 10 minutes late past the start time, and I haven't found it yet where it's supposed to be, and I am freaking out. I, I cannot find it. It's a park, and I cannot find the park. And this is way before, you know, Google Maps. I'm on my, I did have a phone. So I call uh, somebody at the church office. I say, would you please get out a Thomas guide and see if you can find the map. Any of you remember Thomas guides? And they're saying, it's, and um, so, uh, 
I'm really upset with myself, and I'm trying, and then I, but I'm trying to figure out how am I going to make this work. So part of me goes, all right, well, it's a park. I've never, obviously, never been to it before. I said, well, you know, there, there's going to be a parking lot. So I'm going to pull in to the far end of the parking lot, and I'm going to sneak around the back, and I'm going to come in, and I'm going to say something religious like, you know, I'm so sorry, I was caught up in prayer and worship or something, you know, something. <laughs> and God knew I was going to do that, so it had no parking lot. It was only a curb. It was just, it was curb, sidewalk, 40 people sitting in chairs. Uh, so I have to park a block away because they all got there on time, and I'm walking, and as I'm getting closer and closer, I see three men in you know, suits and boutonnieres, and uh, one of them is older, looks like father of the bride, father of the groom, one of those, and two groomsmen-looking guys, and they're all looking at me, and I'm like, oh, oh, I am so busted, oh, God. So I walk up to them, and I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm just, seriously, I'm just going to apologize, I'm sorry, I couldn't find it, whatever, and as I get to about 20 feet from them, I realize they're not looking at me. They're still looking past me now, back down the street. And I'm like, ooh, what's going on? So I put my best pastor voice on, and I get up to them, and I go, hello, I'm Pastor Neil, and uh, what seems to be the trouble? And they go, the groom is late. <laughs> and I'm like, yes! <laughs> In my mind, into the... To them, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm sure it's going to be fine. So I go, so I go and find the, the bride. She's in a limo because there's no buildings. It's literally chairs and grass. That's it. And I go and find her, and oh, she's, you know, oh, what's going on? She can't get a hold of him. She's crying, but she, you're not allowed to cry as a bride because you're makeup, so it's dabbing and oh, blah, 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 blah. So I go back to the three men, and just about then, we see the groom and his best man coming down. They had to park behind me. So they're walking this you know, walk of shame that I had to take, and, um, and they get close, and I, I go out to meet them. And uh, we're about 30 feet from his dad, turns out. And I said, what's wrong? What happened? And he goes, oh, we just stopped off for a drink and, you know, forgot my phone, didn't realize what time it was. And I said, you need to come up with a, another story <laughs> in the next 30 feet. And you better start limping. <laughs> well, it was downhill from there. It, wasn't, it was rough. Um, but we got through it. Now, here's what I want you to imagine. What's the bride's emotion as she discovers that this is what's happened, right? First, she's angry because she's afraid of what could have happened. What's happened to my fiancé? Then she finds out what happened, and now she's angry because she's hurt because he would do this to her. And then she's angry because she's so sad that it had to happen on her wedding day, right? So, all, so fear, 
hurt, and sadness all cause us anger, and we can all totally understand. Okay, fast forward to today, 15 years later. They worked it out. He apologized. They understood. They, they've, they've, they've worked things out. They're a great couple. And uh, in fact, they're, they're ready for a wonderful dinner date. She got home from work. She's dressed to the nines. She's waiting for him. He's going to be there at 6, and they're going to go out and have this great time. And uh, at 6.01, her foot starts tapping. And something is going on inside her, right? Where is he? And, and at 6.05, she has gone to her room, ripped off her clothes, put on a pair of jeans, put, gotten a sweatshirt on, and is calling her best friend. At 6.16... Uh, one minute later than he was 15 years ago, uh, she has put a suitcase on the front door uh, at, that says, you pack it yourself, and she's gone to have dinner with her girlfriend. And she cries all the way through appetizers to dessert. Uh, and, and she is so hurt and so angry. And, you know, do you know a good divorce lawyer? Uh, now, here's the question. Uh, gentlemen, don't be late. Can we just get that one? But does, does his lateness warrant her response? No. Uh, it certainly warrants a response, but not that one. And she certainly isn't getting what she wanted, which was a wonderful night out with her husband, who she loves. What happened? What happened was her baggage. What happened was her past. She felt it from what had happened before. And that it caught up with her. Now here's the interesting thing. She might not even know that that's what's going on. In a case that clearly, you know, she probably figured it out. But I mean, there, there are things where we don't know why we're angry. But boy, we are. Um, and so, what did she really want? What did she really want to do with that negative story? She wanted to get rid of it. She agrees with, the, with Paul. Now you must rid yourself of all such things as these, this anger, this rage. I don't want it. I want to get rid of it. What do I do with it? Uh, she doesn't want the rage that comes with the anger and the hurt. She wants to break the cycle of anger that she has because it's probably not just this. There's probably other things that happened as well. So what do we do? Number three, take preventative action. Take preventive action. James says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's this Colossians kind of anger. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. I wish Christian leaders would read this verse more often. And, and the church in America is spending an awful lot of energy being angry about a lot of things. And in human anger, trying to do God's will. Pretty sure James told us it doesn't work. Human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. And Dallas Willard said, anything you can do with anger, you can do better without it. I love that. It's just simple. Uh, um, and so I, I want to encourage you. Ask someone about your anger. 
See, the thing about this baggage, I gave you an example that's so obvious, but there's a lot that's not. And there's stuff that we don't even remember. Thank goodness, right? We love that part that everything's nice and smooth, uh, but it's still down there. And so others can see it in us. I was in a small group, a growth group, uh, right here in Simi Valley. And I said to my growth group, do you think I need therapy? And most of them got very interested in scripture at that point. No eye contact. But one of them said, couldn't hurt. And the rest went, yeah, I think he's right. That's right. <laughs> Do you know what the answer was? Yes. <laughs> Get it now. That's what, <laughs> but you know, they, they couldn't say that, but they eh, couldn't hurt. Um, and, and so I did. And they were right. Ask someone. Uh, the bride's girlfriend, if she was truly a good friend, would listen from appetizers to dessert and then say, do you think that his absence, his lateness warrants this response? Do you really want a divorce lawyer? What's going on? What's going on? That's the kind of friend we want. We want to go and connect with them. Uh, and then the second thing that I want us to do that is preemptive is this, is scripture memorization. Scripture memorization is spiritual WD-40. You know this product, and we've all heard of it, but it started in the 50s. A company was trying to uh, develop rust prevention so, uh, solvents and degreasers for the aerospace industry. And in order to do that, you have to create water displacement, WD. And it took them, guess how many tries? They've been selling the same stuff ever since. WD number 40. Uh, the water displacement, 40. And you know what they say, uh, you can fix anything with duct tape and WD-40. Um, so basically, what WD-40 does is it keeps the bad stuff out, it stops corrosion, and it makes everything run smoothly. That's why scripture memorization is spiritual WD-40. It keeps the bad stuff out, it stops corrosion, and it keeps us running smoothly. I can't tell you uh, how it works. I can just tell you that it does. You learn more about yourself and about Scripture, about your past and about your future, as you, as you memorize Scripture. You let it soak into you. Um, and so I do have two next steps for us. They're written down, and here they are. Number one, ask one or two trusted people if they notice you being angry often. Just say, hey, I, my pastor, he was preaching this sermon, and I know it doesn't apply to me, but uh, <laughs> do you think it applies to me? And then when they say maybe, and you go, what do you mean? Well, then you know. Um, and then secondly, memorize Colossians 3, 1 to 17 over the next few weeks. Now, I know you're going to go, ah, I can't memorize. So let me give you my four rules of memorization. All right, so this is what I've learned as memorizing. Be as vivid as possible. Now, I memorize visually, and, it's, and I don't even use pictures. I use movies. I, I, I tell stories that help me memorize. And you, be as vivid as possible because our brains associate new things with old things. So you make the connection. Uh, secondly, never say it incorrectly. And I know I, I have to tell you this because you're going to practice and you're going to not quite remember it right. Uh, I actually didn't during the 9.30 service, uh, or the, the, 
do we have a 9 o'clock service? During the 9 o'clock service, I actually didn't remember it right, and somebody had to correct me. Uh, he's no longer a member of the church. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, uh, so never say it incorrectly, and here's why. We will, we will not quite remember it all the time. And if we never say it incorrectly, then when we're reaching for it and something comes to mind, it will be the right thing because you, you never thought of it incorrectly, all right? Uh, number three, have the verses with you. So, you know, we printed these out. We gave you bookmarks. These are available at the hub and in the office. Take this with you. Print it out yourself. Um, carry it with you when you're sitting at, when you're waiting at Starbucks for your drink. Just uh, either pull that out or remember the stuff that's in your head and go over it. Go over it. Uh, and uh, number four, don't memorize too quickly. Now I know some of you are going to be like, I got that one. I, I got that one down. Um, what I mean is, you're going to find it's fun. This is it's fun, and you go, I I can do this. And then you're going to try to memorize more and it's going to get sloppy and and I have done this and it blah, 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 and it's kind of so just you know what if we can get the 17 verses done during these 9 weeks ish awesome or some portion of them so I'm going to take a minute or two and we're going to memorize today's text um, which is but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Um, and now I didn't, I didn't ask the other group, so I'm going to ask you, how many of you think you could memorize this right now? Yeah, exactly. Okay, we're going to do it. So visualize. So here's what I want you to picture in your mind. I want you to picture uh, you, you're standing with a wicker basket full of stuff. I don't know what, I don't know, a bunch of things, a bunch of stuff. And, um, uh, and you're in a third-story apartment, and there's an open window. And, uh, but now, you must rid yourself of all such things as these. And so you dump it out the window. You just throw that basket of stuff out the window. Because, why? But you must rid yourself of all such things as these. And there they go. And they fall to the ground. And they hit this guy. Uh, and, oh! And what is he? Angry. Right? So, oh, he's angry. Uh, 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 and, uh, and so, who's the angriest superhero we know? The Hulk. This guy looks up and turns green and starts busting out in what? Rage. That's right, and he looks up at you, and you look down at him, and he clearly has what in his eyes? Malice. And so he shouts up at you, your mother wears army boots, <laughs> because he is practicing slander. And then having taken care of you, he walks down the street going, rah, 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 saying a bunch of nasty stuff to other people, because now he has filthy language from his lips. You've just memorized it. So would you say it with me? So, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. How about that? Good job. And how many times did we repeat it over and over and over and over again? None. So now that's not a bad, uh, 
way to memorize, uh, and if, if re repetition is good for you, then do that. But now, uh, you know, go home and just imagine the image, and you'll work yourself through it. And you won't remember quite right if it's, but now you must rid yourself of all such things as these. Is that exactly right? Only say it that way, because then you'll only remember it correctly. Um, and uh, you will discover that Scripture begins to um, protect you, to, to displace the bad things, to stop the corrosion that goes on inside from anger, rage, malice, and slander. And, uh, and everything begins to work a little bit more smoothly.